The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of The CGA Tour. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and tonight I'm joined by Chris Kenyon Brady, um, currently in Dallas, Texas. Chris, how is the Lone What's Star up? State treating you? Dallas, uh, Texas is always great. I love it here. Uh, Dallas is great. We just had uh, our first like light rain kind of day, I guess. You know, it's either the summer when it rains, it really just pours on you, or it's the weird ass storm. But today it was just like some light showers, just a cool weather, just great. I love it, bro. Great temperature before the cold hits and gets back to like some kind of brutality. Yeah, nice. Um, next next week in Detroit, it's supposed to be like high fifties, high mid fifties. So we're gonna feel that cold here a little bit or a little bit sooner than Oklahoma and Texas, but um, it'll be good too. I'm kind of ready for uh, the weather change a little bit. Put on some jackets and stuff at this point. But I know we haven't talked for a couple weeks now. Uh, most recently, your Patriots are still undefeated, and um, your guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> who was a Patriot, is still undefeated as well. How are you feeling? feel good. I mean, I'm happy for Jimmy. Uh, obviously, I'm not a Niners fan, but I'm happy yeah. when they're winning. Um, yeah, and also, I mean, Kareem Brissett's doing pretty good. Uh, he's kind of more of a game manager in the Colts, but, I mean, he's not screwing anything up, even though he's got some pretty good stats right now. I mean, people have been calling him a game manager right now, but, I mean, he's got, what, 11 touchdowns, one on one on the ground. He's got, like, two or three interceptions or something like that. So, he's, I mean, he's doing work. He hasn't been sacked all season, so he's doing great. Uh, Jimmy's, I mean, Jimmy's pretty much kind of a function of the team, and so they're, I mean, they're a great team. Their defense is amazing, in my opinion, and... Uh, I mean, as long as he can get a little bit better, obviously get back in the motions, coming back from that, that surgery, he's still got to get his timing in and everything. Uh, their receivers aren't that great. I mean, they're I mean they're still in the NFL, so, I mean, they're quality, but he could obviously use an upgrade somewhere there. But so he's, he's doing as good as he could for – as he can for what he's got. So, I mean, I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him. And then uh, good old Patriots, <laughs> our boys. I mean, uh, I'm happy about the start. At the same time, just like I said last time we talked about him, I'm really not surprised. I mean, the schedule itself is kind of weak in the start. Uh, so, I mean, I was kind of pissed off last week, the first half of the Redskins game, but uh, Tommy Tom came through in the second half and uh, did what he had to do. Yeah, I mean, I will say that the Patriots look like nothing's changed from last season. Still really good, still killing it, you know. I mean, I mean, <laughs> You know, nothing's changed for them. Dynasty's still rolling on. Um, I will say with Brissett, like he he's done in my mind an amazing job as like like truly being a guy who I think right now he's a game manager because the playbook hasn't had time to adjust to really all of his skills yet. You know, they're still working through. I would assume at least they're still working through Andrew Luck's you know kind of playbook. The playbook is tailored to him and. Brissett's a you know a little bit different than Andrew Luck, of course, and you know we've got T.Y. Hilton on the edge and Marlon Mack running the ball, but you know, besides that, Brissett you know just knocked off the Chiefs, so they're they got to be feeling pretty good about themselves right now too, and the Niners aren't bad either. Yeah, I mean it's they're they're all look all three looking good, I man. Wolfpack strong, and so I'm happy for all three of them. 
Um, obviously, if the Colts do get in the playoffs, they might play the Patriots. So it's going to be a dark day for uh, for Jacoby that day. But um, other than that, I mean, the 49ers are good. Do I see them making it to the FC Championship? Eh, not really. Uh, just because, I mean, their defense is great. Um, I think Jimmy, one one of these days in the near future, will be a Pro Bowl-level quarterback. I just Their offense is a little too one-dimensional. So once it gets, comes to that playoff time, where it's everything has got to be clicking at full speed, full on. Uh, you can't just be running the ball every play. And so, <laughs> or if, I mean, they, they are finding some innovative ways to run the ball, which is crazy. What a Kittle, get a Kittle getting a good old sweep. Uh, a lot of the sweeps with the wide receivers, uh, the run, run play option or run pass options they have. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's really like a master offensive plays, so it's really cool to watch what they're doing. But at the same time, uh, he's going to have to be able to throw the ball like at least 20 yards downfield and get some touchdowns out of that uh, once it comes to playoff time against good defenses, great defenses really, again, not just a regular team like the Browns. So yeah. we'll see how they Yeah, so I know that's inevitable. we got to talk about Baker Mayfield and those uh... – was Cleveland Browns coming into the season with playoff hopes and, you know, division winning hopes. I will say right now, like, the Browns could still win the division. I think they're tied with the Ravens. Um, or maybe they're one game back now for the Niners game. But still, I mean, they've got the Bengals who are haven't won a game and the Pittsburgh Steelers who, I mean, I, I really like Mason Rudolph a lot. I hope he's okay. I think he's back in practice now, so... He's, he should be just doing just fine after that hit um, by Earl Thomas. But I got to say, like, you know, the Steelers only won one game, and then the Ravens look good. But the, the rest of the AFC, I, I think the Browns can still make the playoffs. We're not even a third of, through the season. But my immediate reaction with the Browns is that, man, there was a lot of hype coming into the season, and it's just not panned out. Either Freddie Kitchens and the offensive schemes haven't been working, or – or a lot of these NFL guys took their summers, you know, and spent their summers going, all right, how can we stop Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and, you know, everyone else? Like, you know, Nick Chubb's had some success in games, but he's really the only guy. And, I mean, they only put up three three points on a Monday night ESPN game. That's got to that's gotta sting. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, uh, it's what was going to happen. I mean, I right. never was on the hype train. I just... It's just for me, that's that's what it is. That's what every person that's going to come out of Oklahoma after Baker Mayfield, with Baker Mayfield, obviously. But he's really more of a product of like the Johnny Manziel fucking hype train. And so we always saw, saw what happened with Johnny Manziel. Obviously, Baker is a lot better of a quarterback than Johnny is. But he came in the league with that same um, hype, you know, a quarterback who can scramble, make plays out of nothing, um, but can throw better, has more accuracy, has more arm strength. Uh, but as we've seen this year, his accuracy has gone sharp down, like down. Uh, he's a little bit bigger. I mean, he's looking a little bit less lean than he was looking last year. Uh, his arm strength's a little bit of an issue. And so it's just, uh, and it's the same thing with, with the hype with, with Kyler, but the difference with Kyler is Kyler is a lot more athletic. Kyler's mm-hmm. a lot faster. Kyler can throw a lot farther. Kyler doesn't have the off-field distractions that uh, Baker Mayfield has really put on himself. Every every press conference, I'm listening in for a witty remark. Like we just had one, or today, or yesterday, or something like that. Uh, when it came to uh, 
with Bosa with the flag planning. Like, bro, like you're losing. Like, you don't get to talk back. I mean, you can, you want. Obviously, this is America, freedom of speech. But at the same time, bro, like, focus on your game because obviously your game is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Number one, number two, you have Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, obviously, there was a touchdown on that on that game that Odell should have caught. But what's that going to change? That there is uh, ten points. Like, you were still going to lose. It should be 40 to, to 10, but uh, the kicker missed three fucking three uh, field goals for yeah. for this is for the Niners to make it 40. So they ended up winning 31 instead of winning by winning uh, with the total of 40. But at the same time, as even if Odell caught that touchdown, you still only have 10 points that whole game. And so at the same, so there's all that. There's I mean Odell himself is Odell, and so that's going to bring extra distractions. Uh, you have. Just I don't know. It's just Baker's too young to be dealing with all that. Uh, I think Odell should have gone to the Browns. Uh, obviously, that's where he ended up. Just who who offered uh, the best trade to the Giants. But at the same time, I don't think that's where he should have gone. I think he needed to go somewhere with an established quarterback, somebody that's a veteran, someone that can accept Odell and accept everything that comes with Odell and not have their own stuff going on. And so some like the Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, so on and so on and so on quarterbacks that don't have their own issues, their own baggage. And so, I don't know the Browns. uh, Do I think they're going to end up winning the division? That's all based on Lamar Jackson. And so I know the Browns beat uh, the Ravens already uh, or they played right. Or is that the Chiefs? You know, I think they. I think it's the Chiefs. I'm going through here real quick, though. Yeah, let's see. Ravens. 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 Browns. Yeah, Cleveland did beat the. Um, you're right. Cleveland did beat the Ravens. Yeah. Yep. So that's. I think that was a good game. That was. I think that was just. I mean, they've, they've won one, lost one, won one, lost or lost one, one, lost one, one, and then lost. And so, um, I think the second time they meet around, if if they haven't gotten their stuff together, I think the Ravens will actually will, at that point will be better down the line. But the Browns just need to get a game plan, get an identity, and stick with it. And that does not is not a pass first culture. Like I'm sorry, Baker Mayfield, you most likely will never be a pass first quarterback. They have an amazing running back and. And Hercules, Nick Chubb, like that's what they need. We saw what Nick Chubb did to the Ravens. That's what they need to do every single game. Doesn't matter who you're playing. You need to establish the run. You need to let him go do him. And then when the defense is is, is just expecting that run, then you get that play action. Odell's wide open. Give it to him on a slant. He breaks out. He's open on a go route. Breaks out. Same for Jarvis Landry. Same for Callaway. You got all this talent on your team. And Kareem Hunt's gonna come back in a few few weeks. Uh, you need to establish yourself as a run fa- run first offense, and then get some play action in there. Occasionally do some some dropbacks, some shotguns. Doesn't matter, but you need to be a run first offense. And so until they figure that out, which I don't think they are with Odell there, because Odell is not gonna be on a team unless you have a quarterback like a Drew Brees, uh, Philip Rivers, so on and so on, somebody that commands that respect and isn't going to be overshadowed by Odell's antics or Odell's ego or the attention he brings. He's not going to be ever be part of a team that's, that's a run first team. If your quarterback isn't that guy. And so do I think he stays with the Browns? Most likely. I don't know. Um, I mean, there are teams out there that would gladly trade trade for him. I don't know if the Browns would accept those trades, but at the same time as do I think Odell is going to work in Cleveland? I don't uh, because 
you're either going to be a pass-first team and you're going to suck, or you're going to be a run-first team and you're going to be better and be good, but Odell's not going to get those touches. And that's why you see him getting inserted on triple reverse, double reverse, him as quarterback. He's coming in as punt returner, fumbling. Like, he's doing all this extra stuff that Odell Beckham doesn't need to do. You don't see DeAndre Hopkins coming in and punt returning. You don't see him throwing the ball. You don't see Julio Jones doing these things. Like, you're supposed to be one of the best receivers in the world. Go out there and just be a receiver. You don't have to be a receiver, punt returner, quarterback, running back. Like, these are all – like whatever else position they've put him in so far this year. And so I think it's a failed experiment. If I was them, I would ditch on it as soon as possible, try to get, try to upgrade your offensive line. You don't need other wide receivers. You don't need other weapons. You have enough weapons. You need to upgrade your offensive line. So if they can get trade Odell to a team that's going to give them an offensive lineman that's solid or first-round picks to go get offensive linemen this next year when they have Anjoku back and so on and so on, then they can start actually building a culture. And so they need to stop thinking about winning now. And then you start thinking about winning in four years, winning in five years, winning in six years, something that we've seen around the league happen. Like the Rams sucked for a while. Then they started installing pieces to, at least in their cases, they they kind of did in a win now, kind of win later kind of situation where they were adding pieces and bringing people in. But the Browns don't have that, they don't have that luxury. They don't have the money. They don't have the time. They don't have the, uh, to, they don't have the GM really to see all these pieces, put things together. They don't have that innovative coach to take all these pieces and make them work. They need to build their team just like you do an old-fashioned football team. You need to slowly build it to where at one point every piece is going to work. And so until until they do that, uh, the Browns are still going to be the Browns. I'm not going to be worried about them. Um, do I think they have a chance of winning the division this year? Yes. Uh, that is one of my least favorite things about football. Is you can have, be in a division where the best team is like eight and eight, and they automatically get in the playoffs. While there's like another division that has three teams that are fucking baller, and they don't get anywhere. They only get pick one or two teams out of there. And so either see they're gonna be the Browns or the Ravens, just because the Steelers are in free fall. You got Mason, you got Mason come in. Mason's a concussion out. Uh, I don't think he's gonna play this week. Uh, he think he should not play this week uh, for his health. Um, should he? And then obviously the Bengals are done. Like <laughs> the, the the experiment is over. Uh, they're gonna probably trade AJ Green very soon, um, and then try to see if you can work it out with um, with Dalton. If you can't, then you'd stop now. Time to reshuffle, start over. Um, one thing the Bengals could do. I've been thinking about this in the last few days. Is uh, bring in Cam Newton. You know, uh, mm. Cam Newton, in my opinion, has played the last game he can play at Carolina. Um, but I do think that the lineup they have, uh, the players that they have, the wide receivers with the speed, uh, I think Cam Newton coming in there, uh, creating more of a – with mixed in there, uh, a team where you can have pass run options, uh, RPOs, um, and then be able to do play actions, set up those wide receivers where we're not worried about – Andy Dalton run the ball. Like, nobody's worried about Andy. When Andy Dalton has the ball, he's staying in the pocket. He's not going to scramble for 20 yards. Uh, so we have to we, – we can stay back. We can cover back deep and cover those wide receivers that are speedy. Well, if you have somebody like Cam Newton, uh, you have to worry about the quarterback running the ball if, he, if he's got room. And so you can't be doing that. Uh, you can instill Joe Mixon. I think 
when you when you have that quarterback like and it's not that great quarterback that uh has to stay in the up in the pocket then we're all focused on Joe Mixon and that's why you can see uh Carolina like they they only have Christian McCaffrey they don't have those wide receivers Christian McCaffrey is a completely different talent he's not Joe Mixon is nowhere on Chris, Christian McCaffrey's level so he's making it work when Joe Mixon can't do that that's why Joe Mixon's stats are going down and so he needs a quarterback that's either an amazing quarterback who can stay in the pocket or he needs a quarterback that can uh can pretty much draw attention from linebackers uh from pretty much scared from him to run so where he can get open do some things and so that'd be a good place i think for uh, your boy cam newton to go uh, but i do think any dalton is pretty much done being effective at the starting position in cincinnati so we'll see what happens with him but yeah that's just my thoughts on that division but yeah it's gonna be the browns or the ravens uh, either one of them uh, don't really see if the Ravens make it I can see the Ravens winning that wild card game but if the Browns do I, I see them getting dismantled really quickly yeah well I mean I'll say it this way we are currently five games through or you know five weeks through the regular season right so yeah. not not halfway you know, barely close to a third at this point, and yeah, you know, I mean, eighteen weeks in the season total with bye weeks and everything. So we got got a little bit to go, but right now as it stands, of course, you got the Patriots. Yeah, you know, beating out everyone, but they're only one game over the Bills, and the Bills only losses to the Patriots. Um, yeah. You know, of course, then you got next up is the Ravens and the Browns. Then you've got the Texans, Colts, both tied. Jaguars are two and three. Titans are also two and three in that division. Um, you know, and just round out the AFC here, you've got the Chiefs who are four and one and the Raiders who are actually not half bad at three and two, um, after beating the Bears over in, uh, well at the Tottenham Spurs stadium over, um, in England, I guess my, my thing is I'm totally down for change scenery for Cam Newton. I think that makes a ton of sense. Just, you know, find him a new spot on a team that is just not headed for the best. But it's almost as if Cam Newton would have to sign there as a free agent. I don't think the Bengals are in any type of win-now mode. They've got a really young running back. Um, A.J. Green has health issues every season, it seems. So he'll probably, I would assume he'll get traded, like you said. And Andy Dalton's, I, I just, you've reached a breaking point. You know, you've they've brought in this brand-new coach this year who is basically, he's one of these guys who has had coffee with, you know, the the joke, coffee with Sean McVay, who's his quarterback's coach um, with the Rams here previously. But I, I'm just curious to see what, what happens with the Steelers um, in the rest of their season this year, um, to be honest with you, because I think the Bengals is just a long-term project at this point. And if Cam Newton comes in, it, it'd be good to see Cam Newton be there. Good for Cam Newton to get changed scenery. Good to see a different quarterback and maybe Joe Mixon, you know, has a little more room to run because they stretch the field a little bit more and that type of stuff. But I think Dalton's time is gone, like you said. I just I think the Bengals have a long road. Long, long road to well, to, to, to getting back in the playoffs, really. Well, but the thing is, like, here's why I think they kind of are fortunate with their division is that in your division you have the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers. Steelers right now they're in free fall. Like, I'm, I love Mason. Obviously, I love James. They have potential. Right now, your defense is horrible. Um, or not horrible. It's 
It's not. It's not great. It's not good. Your defense. I mean, it's it's definitely an upgrade when they added uh, Fitzpatrick, but mm-hmm. before that, it was horrible. I mean, it's still not that great. Um, you have the Browns, who I think they're just going to brown it up this year once again, like always. And then you have the Ravens. So the Ravens, really, in my opinion, are the best chance to be a great team for the next few years. But I just like I said, but this is the NFL. All you have to do is win your division, and you're in the playoffs. And so if you look at the Bengals like games so far, yeah, they've lost all of them. Uh, but Seahawks lost by one. Uh, Niners, uh, you can't really do nothing about that, bro. That defense uh, was killing them. They yeah. killed them. Bills barely lost by what three or four. And then Steelers, I think that was just a game of that was a fluke game in my opinion. That was just a game where. I don't know what happened. Their defense just collapsed. I mean, obviously, and Andy Dalton, I don't think, can't really do much anymore. So I say that. But then the Cardinals, they lose by three. So if you put in an effective quarterback who can actually work with this team and the players, like, you don't know. Maybe you beat this, the Seahawks. You only lost by one. Uh, maybe you beat the Bills. You only lost by four. Uh, maybe you beat the Cardinals. And just those three games right there, you're now three and two instead of 0 and five. And so, and then that puts you really on top of your division, <laughs> right right there. You're already on top of your division just by reversing those three close losses. And so, I don't know. I, I think Cam Newton makes the team a lot better offensively uh, just because, once again, with that team, like Cam Newton can come in and be that personality. There's nobody on that team that you say, even Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon did a lot in college, made a lot of noise, but he hasn't done anything in, 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 in the pros trouble-wise or ego-wise. He goes out there, he plays his game, that's it. You don't hear much from him. So there's not really going to be any conflict with Cam Newton coming in, nobody for him to butt heads with, uh, like he did with Kelvin Benjamin, so on and so on with the coaches there right now in Carolina. And so if he comes in, changes that a little bit, you don't have you don't have to win that many more games. Like you you're in a you're in a division where all you have to do is really win eight or nine and you win. Like you just have to win eight or nine games and I think you win the division. And so unless Lamar Jackson just makes bound leaps, I mean the Marquise Brown is great. Don't get me wrong. Uh Ravens defense is looking good, but at the same time they're very inconsistent. And so it just depends on how that goes. I think if you put in if you had started with um, just like, yeah, if you started with Cam Newton this year, fully train, full training camp and everything, I think the Bengals could be three and two right now. Just looking at this, I don't think, I don't think they would, the Steelers would have beat them like they did. I don't think the Steelers would have beat them at all, really. And so maybe four and one, we don't know. And so it's just, if they were in a different division with tougher opponents, then obviously, yeah, you're no longer in a win now situation or win close. But in my opinion, NFL, you just got to get to the playoffs. And bro, let, just let some magic happen. I mean, there's teams that have gotten the playoffs through a wild card in the last 20 years, and they've gone and won the Super Bowl. There's at least or gotten the AFC Championship or NFC Championship, so on and so on. And so, they just got to get there. And so, I think when you're in an easy division like that, you got to put yourself in the best chance just to win your division, get into the playoffs, and then just see what you can do with that. And for me, the Bengals in the next few, next this year, next year would have a chance of that Cam Newton instead of Andy Dalton. Uh, once you get to Lamar Jackson being an actual, like, three, four-year, five-year, five years in, you have Brown four four years in, three years in, mm-hmm. uh, that Ravens defense clicking. I think the Ravens are about to be a, jugger, uh, a juggernaut in that division uh, once the years could go by. Uh, I think Mason's going to turn out to be a really good quarterback, so the Steelers will get better. I think the Browns are – 
kind of screwed for a while unless they really just adopt that run run attack and see if Baker can actually be a game manager because that's what he's going to be. Baker Mayfield is not going to be a 400-yard, 300-yard kind of guy on a consistent basis. I think Nick Chubb has the chance to be a 100 and 100 to 120 yards every night kind of guy, especially if you have Kareem Hunt back in you where you can do a Saints system where you have two running backs and you just boom, 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 and you're just tearing guys apart, and then every once in a while, throw it, throw it, throw it. And so that's why the Saints are able to bring in Teddy Bridgewater, who, don't get me wrong, is great, but, I mean, it's not like he's he's had any starting playing time with these guys, and he's already looking like he could start for the team and take him to the NFC Championship. And so we'll see. Um, it's very, yeah, it's a, it's a division that's got everything going up and down sideways. But, yeah, for the Browns, for sure, I definitely think Odell just needs to go. I think he's he's not a, he's not too young anymore. We're, he's got years and years and years. He's, he needs to go and try to start winning soon. And so I, I don't think the Browns are the team for him. And I don't think I don't think Odell is the wide receiver for the Browns. Uh, so, yeah, we'll yeah, see how that I, goes. I think we're going to disagree with them this, though, because – actually, I know we are. Because in my mind, like – this is not a um, in my mind the Browns issues so far have been more or less like the offensive production the offense just showing different schemes I mean when you when you lose a game 30 30 plus to three right like another team outscores you by 30 or more points to me that's not necessarily the other team's defense just being that great you know like like you said Odell should have caught one ball and then have been 10 but the Browns have enough offensive guys, and Baker Mayfield is he's not the quickest guy on the field. And I've said before, and I'll say it again, he's the, he is the, I guess, the second uh, slowest group of guys on the field next to the O-line and D-linemen. So he's not beating anyone with his legs, but that guy still is, has an ability to play football. It's just that the offense looks... It just looks like the same offense, you know, week in, week out to me. Uh, they yeah. they got to try different stuff. And, no, I'm not saying have Odell throw the ball downfield or anything crazy like the Giants did last year. I think Baker can still throw the ball really well. But you got to, like, mix it up. In my mind, the best case for Baker Mayfield right now is that he is a um, – Rus- he's Russell Wilson-esque. And – the only reason, the only way he can do that is that if he uses his mobility, the fact that he does have some quick feet, can move around the pocket, to get away from him being shorter. And if he's able to do that, no one's Russell Wilson. But if Baker Mayfield's able to extend plays a little bit longer, you know, and plays, you know, once something breaks down, he's able to do that. They're going to be a lot better off. And in my mind, like they beat, they scored forty on the Ravens this year. So yeah, what's what's the difference what, between that game versus the game we saw on Monday night? Just you no, know, is the offense the same I'm, week to week, or what's going on? That's the point I'm alluding to is that they switch it up, and so they can't switch it up like that. So if you look at the Rams game, uh, Nick Chubb had almost 100 yards. He had like 95, yeah. 96 or so. Uh, let's see how many carries. So I don't want to say 23 carries. He had 23 carries that game. Uh, the Ravens, he killed it. He had like three touchdowns, 100-something. Let's see. He had 
20 carries, 165, three touchdowns. Uh, and then that, but look at that game. So that's what I'm saying. So you have to be a run first team so that you can allow Baker Mayfield to have more time to do stuff. If you decide that's what they, so, and, but that's why I don't think Odell needs to be there because I was, I don't know who I was watching today, but they brought it up to where, and that's why I'm talking about the egos. Like, Baker has his own ego, like all this, like whatever, but Baker is not really controlling how things go. No, Baker's not going to the coach and saying, hey, like what's going on? Like, well, I'm not doing this because he's a quarterback. Like, even if he has an ego, he gets the ball every play. Like, it's either whether he's handing it off or throwing the ball, I don't think he cares what what the play is. Obviously, he wants to have some, some, some throws in there, but when you look at Odell, Odell has the ego of a quarterback. Like he, Odell is that's especially when you on that team where your quarterback isn't that guy. Like Odell is not going to the Patriots, and if he gets one one reception or one target, getting mad about it. He's not. He's moving on. Like if he's not going to uh, the Chargers and doing that, he's not going to the to the Saints and doing that. Uh, he's not going to. I'm trying to think who else. The Packers and doing that because as long as you win the game, that's all that matters. Well, the Browns. Well, when you beat the Ravens, 40 to 25, but Odell has two receptions. I I can promise you, and I I, I wouldn't bet on this with my life that Odell was not happy that he had two receptions for 20 yards. That's all I'm saying. Because why else would you, after destroying the Ravens? Mm-hmm. And their defense, who's really great, come and play the 49ers. And then Nick Chubb only has 16 carries. But you have Baker Mayfield, who's throwing the ball. You're doing, you're putting Odell in, in passing situations where he has the fucking ball passing. And it wasn't even like a late game surprise thing. It was in the first quarter. Odell had a, a throw. Odell had a completion, pass completion before Baker Mayfield had a pass completion. I want you to understand that. Like that's crazy to me. And so, why are you putting your team in that kind of situation and run run the ball, run the fucking ball? Like give Nick Chubb the ball, put him, let him run through the middle, let him run some people over. And once he's done that a few times, then hit a play action. I bet you Odell is so much more open. I bet you Jar Jarvis is so much more open. I bet you Callaway is so much more open. Like Demetrius Harris, all these players, but they're not doing that week to week consistently like Nick Chubb is still getting some stats don't get me wrong but you can see those carries are at the end of the game when it comes to those games like against the 49ers like they're not in the beginning of the game they're not the first play of the game first play of the game against the Browns was a Brita touchdown the first play he took the ball to town all the way why was the first play of the game not a Nick Chubb this and this no why was the first two plays not this no like you can't Come in and say, okay, Odell needs to get these amount of touches, whatever, these amount of receptions, this amount of stuff. Why are you putting him at punt return? Odell shouldn't be doing punt return. He doesn't practice punt return on a daily basis. Guess what happened? He fumbled the ball because Odell is not going to say, oh, I have 15 guys around me. Let me go down like any other punt returner would do that 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 is their job on that team is a punt return. Odell shuffles 15 times, tries to hit three, three, three sixties. Guess what happens? Fumble. You lost the ball. 49ers go score. And so when you're doing extra things just to please one player, or you're doing extra things because you think that player is, is the person that's going to deliver things for you, even though he's not your quarterback, like that's not going to work out. You have to stick to a game plan. 
no matter what happens week to week. And the, the Browns' game plan should and always should be, especially when they get Kareem Hunt, run the dang ball, run it again, run it one more time, and then if they finally stop us, run it one more time and then hit a play action. Or run it two more times and hit some play actions. Give Baker Mayfield space because your offensive line sucks. It's not helping him when he, when we know it's Baker's passing. The whole line is coming for you, the whole D-line. And there's not a single person on that offensive line right now that's stopping people. It's just not happening. And so they did. They, they ran against the Rams. Guess what they did? They actually didn't have a bad game. Did they go score a lot? No, but their defense kept them in it, and they actually had a chance to do it. But guess what happens when you go and run and run and run and run, and then you hit your play actions, you hit your passes when the defense isn't rushing you every play. You go score 40 on a great, on a pretty great defense in the in the Ravens, and they could have done that against the 49ers. But Nick Bosa, once again, knew every time Baker Mayfield is going to have the ball for four to five seconds, I'm going to destroy him. Baker Mayfield is going to have to ball for two to three seconds, but is going to be scrambling. I'm going to destroy him. And also, there's the whole hate beef from Ohio State, and that was more fuel to the fire. But Nick Chubb wasn't getting the ball, getting fed up like. He's there for you to make him run a lot. Like, that's what he wants. He's not there. He doesn't want just 10 touches or 12 touches or 15 touches. Give him 20, 25. Give him 27. Once Kareem Hunt get there, gets there, they should both have combined 30 touches a game. 30 to 35. Like, that's that's who they are. That's their, their premier running backs. But if they're not doing that, then you're not going to create space. You're not going to create some sense of some sense of mystery. Like your your defense is gonna know exactly what's going on. The, the defense going against you, I mean, is gonna know exactly what's going on at exactly what times. And that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna lock up your wide receivers. You're gonna have to scramble. You are not Russell Wilson. Not even a club. I mean, I mean, you're a Russell Wilson type player, but you are nowhere in the same category as Russell Wilson. Like he does things that I've not seen a single person do in football until Patrick Mahomes came. And so they're going to get beat up. And so either Odell needs to be told to shut up. Hey, bro, like, we understand you're amazing, but you're not going to get as many touches as you were getting in in New York. Or you're not going to get as many touches as you would be getting somewhere else with a passing quarterback that has a passing system because we need to be a run-first team. And then that can open up spaces. And so if he is okay with that, then things can work out. But I don't think Odell's going to be okay at that because Odell is a brand. Odell needs to be seen. And Odell needs to produce for Odell to stay relevant. At least that's, in my opinion, that's how he he and his team sees it. And so until that's changed somehow, I don't, I don't see them doing much better than 500, like being inconsistent on and off, on and off, because I can bet you this next game they're going to be running their ass off. They're going to be – Nick Chubb is going to be boom, chugga, 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 train, train. It's going to be the Nick Chubb train. And then if they do well and they win, do they stick with that for the game after? Or do they go back to pass, 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 pass because Odell isn't happy that he didn't get the ball or or, like whatever the situation is. And so because I seriously don't see why. That's the thing. Like there has to be some kind of situation because I don't understand why after you destroy the Ravens and just dismantle them, you come in against the 49ers with a completely different game plan. Then what just worked for you? I just don't get it. And so, yeah. So it's either you want to say bad coaching, you want to say 
uh, whoever the coach is, um, I forgot his name. Freddie Kitchens. Just because he's best, yeah, just because he's best friends with Odell or with uh, Baker. Maybe he shouldn't be the head coach. Maybe he should just go back to being the offensive coordinator. We don't know. And it's just something needs to change. And so all I'm saying is, with this same personnel, if everybody stays intact, nothing is going to change. Everything's going to stay the same. It's, it's going to be okay. We do good. Now let's please somebody do bad or oh, we do good now let's please somebody do bad or i don't know so the browns they're just doing more brown things and yeah I, things that are I, I gotta say right now that the browns to me i mean maybe we just need to be talking about their defense because they were down you know in this this game they're down 21 three and a half um against the niners and at that point you've got to be playing catch-up football you know so you're gonna be passing the ball a lot more all type of stuff is understandable, but the game against the Ravens, now granted they scored 40 points, so of course the stats are going to be higher, but the game against the Ravens, Baker Mayfield threw the ball eight more times, and Nick Chubb got the ball four more times to carry it, and that's really the, you know, I mean, you know, Nick Chubb um, rushed for almost double the amount of yardage, and Baker Mayfield threw for 200 and something plus yards, so at the end of the day, that that's why I'm coming back. 342. Yeah, no, he threw for three forty two, and that's what's gonna happen. And well, that's that what I'm saying. Like, is well, you open up? Yeah. When, when, all I'm saying is, when you open up the game form by being a run first team, then things get so much so much more easier. Because the Ravens don't know if this play, if I hand, if I'm looking like I'm handing it off to Nick Chubb, then I'm about to play. I'm about to come. I'm like I'm about to run to the to the D line because I want to go tackle Nick, Nick Chubb. But if you don't hand it off and I've already made the wrong move, then you have a wide open guy running a slant or running a go or running a double move or doing a post or a hitch either way. But it just creates, that's what I'm saying. It creates so much more room for you offensively in the passing game to where you get that 300 plus yards where you get like, he didn't have multiple touchdowns, but that's the thing. I don't think he's ever going to be a 300 plus three touchdown guy. But he could definitely be a 300-plus one-touchdown guy because Nick Chubb also has two touchdowns rushing or Nick Chubb has three touchdowns rushing. But if, unless you you create that run-first mentality and then after the run is initiated and, and you've established the run, then you start instilling some play action, some shotgun passes, some so where you're, fa- you're pretty much faking out the defense, getting some good passes in, getting yardage. I don't, other than that, I don't think it's going to work out well. Like the, They're not going to be a pass first. If you come out and your first few plays are passes, you're not going to do nothing against me. You're really not. But if you come in and Nick Chubb, who is amazing, don't get me wrong, Nick Chubb is already a top 10. If you want to go as far as top 7, top 6, running back in the league, I think he is. If you give him the ball, let him pound it down the middle or do something with it, and then now you've got my de- defense scrambled. You got defense coordinator thinking, "Oh, what's about to happen? What's going on? Play action? Uh, no, it's a run. Oh, run? No, it's a play action. Confused, wobbled. Then you start getting so much more in the running, and also it will a lot more in the passing, to where you see Baker Mayfield getting 342 yards. It's not impossible. I think it's a very big possibility because you did it on a pretty good defense. It's not like the, the Ravens are scrubs." And so why not? Why can't you do that on a 49ers defense? Why can't you do that on a Rams defense? Why can't you do that on whoever else they played this year? Because the Ravens was the best they've looked so far this year, in my opinion. Like, 
but but, kid, that's, I mean, they, but that's what I'm getting at. It has to be play calling because yeah, no, Nick play because, calling for sure because Nick Chubb rushed the ball only four more times in this Ravens game. But yeah. doubled the amount of yards he averaged, so it has to be at yeah. the end of the day. And and I and all, but all I'm saying is is that Baker Mayfield completed eight passes on Monday. You know, like your starting quarterback no, cannot what, do that. But I'm saying, yeah. So that but that's my 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 thing is if you look at like I wish they could split it up between like first half, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. The Ravens game first, like the beginning of the game was was establishing the run. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the 49ers game was passing. It was not establishing the run. And so that's where you see, yeah, Nick Chubb only had four more rush, rush, uh, rushing touches in the Ravens game than the 49ers game. But that, those, the majority of it were towards the beginning of the game, and then the rest were spread out throughout the game. Against the 49ers, all, all the rushing, most of the rushing was – more towards the middle and the end to where you have no time to establish the run to where a running play really doesn't mean that much unless Nick Chubb breaks out and hits an 80 yarder for a touchdown. And so that's my, that's my opinion is they're going to look, the stats are going to look kind of identical when it comes to touches, but it has to, you have to establish the run. Those touches have to, more touches have to be in the first half than in the second. If you, if Nick Chubb has more touches in the second than the first or more touches in the first half than Baker Mayfield or less touches in the first half than Baker Mayfield has attempts, you're not going to do work with that. And so, uh, but that's, that's why like you, you're saying yourself, like it's not like he threw a lot more in the Ravens game than he did the 49ers game, but his stats says 300 yards are a lot more than the 100 he threw against the 49ers. The score is a lot higher against the Ravens and the 49ers, even though when you look at the stat sheet, things look identical touches-wise. Yardage and scoring, completely different. And that's just based on the play calling, on what they're doing, what they want to establish themselves as. And so that's a no, yeah, that's definitely a head coaching thing. That's definitely a this is what we're going to do. I don't care if you're happy about it or not. I don't care if somebody's getting their limited touches offensively as a wide receiver or not. We are run first, then pass team. Instead of um, we do it one week and then next week, oh, everybody needs their touches. We start throwing in the beginning and we get nothing going. And then because if you don't get your rhythm going in the first half, unless you're the, you're playing a horrible team like the Redskins, like the, the Patriots, they came back second mm-hmm. half killed it because like the they're a completely different team. They're not. I'm sorry. No offense to Freddie Kitchens. You're not Bill Belichick. You can't just switch some something up in the second half and things automatically just change. And so you, as a Browns team, with the limited coaching you have, because it's not amazing, even though you have great talent on the field, you need to establish yourself in the beginning of the game, and that's going to make sure that the rest of the game goes smoothly for you instead of coming in, freak, just calling random things, throwing, like every, being everywhere through the spectrum of play calling, and now you're hitting reverses and wide receiver passes in the first quarter. Like it's crazy. That's insane to me. Yeah, oh, man. I mean, also Baker just your starting quarterback in the NFL. You got to complete more than eight passes, especially on twenty-two yeah. attempts. Uh, I mean, that's just that. That's got to be the most garbage. I I do want to touch on one more thing here about Odell Beckham before we move on to another another team. Um, this this I thought was supposed to be the Odell Beckham team to be on. I mean, he's with his. Guy who's at with at LSU and Jarvis Landry, 
I thought this was supposed to be like the team. And I don't mean the team from, you know, oh, Odell's going to be like the greatest fantasy receiver this year. I didn't expect that. I just expected Odell just to be kind of part of the offense. Us not to hear a lot about him. You know, not really to hear he wore a quarter million dollar watch, which in the end of the day, like if you want to do that, man, and get the fine, like that's on you. I don't really care that much about it, but the the, fine. Yeah, he, I think, yeah, he got fined, you know, um, for, I think it was like five grand. Ben Roethlisberger got fined for the game Mason Rudolph started, um, that he got hit. I think the game before he got hit, um, against the Bengals even for Ben Roethlisberger got fined for wearing an Apple watch on the sideline, not suited up. But, um, my, my thing is I thought this was the Odell Beckham Jr. team like to be on where, I don't necessarily think anyone who's an athlete now is just going to be, hey, just shove and play football. Like, that's not the thing. But I thought this was really going to be like the Odell team to, all right, man, hey, I'm part of the system here. I'm part of the offense. I'm going to be saying this is why we're, you know, doing great and all that type of stuff. And, you know, there's an Odell headline, you know, every other, every week, it seems. And they're not, they're not doing that. Like, the Browns season isn't completely imploding. They're not 0 5. And Baker Mayfield has looked really bad in a couple of games now, maybe three. But then again, like we just been talking about the Ravens, he looks he looks okay too. So if it's you and you're the the GM of the Browns, do you go, hey, you know what? We'll we'll sell the lowest probably that we have Odell Beckham Jr. this year is right now. We'll we'll go and sell low on him, maybe get whatever we can back and move on from there or you know what let's play Odell the rest of the season here try to try again in year two and see what happens what would you do no oh I'm 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 not I'm not I'm not gonna say get rid of him but I'm trading Odell Beckham and that thing is it's not because you're not even selling low Odell Beckham Jr. is still Odell Beckham Jr. like if you put him in the right offensive system where it's an established system where wide receivers can flourish he will go and destroy anybody in his path so um just obviously this is an impossible trade but let's let's think about this like the rams if i was if i was the browns i would literally call up whoever the rams gm is and be like all right your team is great but you're struggling like you're not you obviously don't look like you like you were last year it's not happening give me first round pick a second round pick um, and then like, who's there? Either like Brandon Cooks or like Robert Woods. They're not gonna get rid of Cooper Cup. They love Cooper Cup. Right. They they kind of love Robert Woods too, but I mean it's Odell Beckham Jr. Like so, you get a wide receiver that doesn't have ego. That will go out there and do whatever you want him to do. If he has zero touches that game, you won't hear a single peep from him. You get some round, some some draft picks to go get offensive linemen with, or you can trade that second round pick to even go up and get another offense because they need offensive linemen. That's that's the number one. Their first issues, like their defense is pretty kind of good. We've got their cornerbacks, got their linemen. Uh, they could probably upgrade like one more linebacker, but the number one thing they need is an offensive line. So if I'm trading Odell Beckham, I mean they're getting draft picks for this next year, not for 2022, whatever. I want the next year drafts. So I can get offensive linemen that I can I can work up and make great offensive linemen, get a first rounder, and then get some second or third, and they can, you know, pop in there and they can actually maybe contribute, and then get another wide receiver that actually can come and contribute but won't have any of the talk. 
Because the thing is, Jarvis Landry, you see him as a leader there. Jarvis Landry is great. Don't get me wrong. He's not as good as Odell. But why is he playing? I mean, his stats are, I think, if we look at his season stats, they're probably pretty identical to Odell's, but I think a little bit better. Like, because he had that breakout game a few days again, a few weeks ago uh, against, let's see, was it the Ravens that he went off off? Yeah, the Ravens. Eight receptions, 167. But no touchdowns. But Odell also had a game that we want. He went off to, but they've been pretty but identical ever since. So why is one guy who's compl- is way better than another? Why are they both having the same production? Because I mean, it's yeah. And so I think having a star wide receiver there that's gonna demand touches, demand targets when you need to be a run first team that then converts into play action. I don't think that's going to work out for you, but you can get a wide receiver that has star capabilities on the field, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, or, I mean, whatever other team you want to look at. It doesn't matter. It's just get a, get a wide receiver in return because you, you you're losing a big weapon there, so you want to at least replace it somehow. Number one. Number two, get some draft picks to get some offensive linemen, or if they have an offensive lineman they're willing to let go, get them. Like, that's on a starter. Get them, but don't get a backup offensive lineman. Get some draft picks so you can go and actually pick one up in the first round, uh, make something good out of it, and actually better your season for next year, the year after that, so on and so on. Odell, he's he's on a different train. He's on a brand. He needs to. Odell needs to go to a team that has an established quarterback that has a chance to win a championship because that's where he's going to be happy. So with that team, if he doesn't get the targets that game. He doesn't care because they won, and not only did they just win, they, they're winning convincingly to where the next week you know they're going to win. The week after that, you know they're going to win. Like, you're believing in them. And so, uh, yeah, i definitely get rid of him and then just to boost by get another wide receiver that's that's good but not, like, just not loud, doesn't doesn't make noise, sticks with the script, does what he does, he does what he's supposed to do, can be, be a leader. Uh, I don't think Odell is a leader in, in the Browns locker room. Like Travis Landry is a leader in the Browns locker room. Odell is not that. And so I think Baker is a leader just because he's quarterback. Uh, if Baker had that same attitude he has now, but in any other position on that team, he wouldn't be a leader in the locker room. And so replace him with another wide receiver, get some draft picks, get some offensive linemen next year. Use your own draft pick to get an offensive lineman, get another one with the, with the other draft pick, then – get some linebackers in the second or third. And then after that, you can address the little positions, punt returner, special teams, uh, extra cornerbacks, extra safeties, whatever, whatever, whatever you have. You're pretty set defensively. You just need to fill out your team and make sure there's, there's talent everywhere. And so, uh, but do I see them trading Odell? I mean, it could happen. Don't get me wrong, but I just want to, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of who would actually send a good enough trade package where it would really benefit the Browns. But at the same time, in Browns history, they've also made stupid trades to where the trades didn't benefit them at all. They traded them anyway. And so we'll see how that goes. But definitely get definitely get rid of him. Uh, I don't think Odell staying is going to do anything really good for the Browns for now or the future. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll agree to disagree. I think, I think Odell should at least stay, stick out the rest of the season. Um, and that 
this this Browns iteration of Odell Beckham is the going to be the best fit for him. I don't necessarily think the guy goes to LA and you know is quiet about getting no touches, but that's just me personally. And um, kind of kind of exhausted the topic a little bit here. Um, as far as other stuff, you've been keeping up with um, some MLB and the Dodgers and uh, Washington Nationals play last night. I don't know if you had a chance to catch it. <laughs> Bro, I am, I am not a Nationals fan, but I'm about to become one for this offseason. <laughs> I love what they're doing. Oh, man. Wild card game. Losing the whole game. Not eighth inning. Score four runs, win the game. Oh, Dodgers. Game. Clinching game. Losing the whole game. And then you just come back-to-back home runs on Clayton Kershaw. Then you go to extra innings and you just put up seven in that one inning like oh that was that's crazy um yeah like i love the dodgers just because of their manager and so i kind of wanted them to win the, the the series and then as the nationals just stayed in there they they they, they, got, they caught my heart you know they so, captured me so, so i work so, with uh i work with one nationals fan who sits right next to me in the in new office here in detroit Previously, as a huge Padres fan and still a Padres fan today, I'm I'm happy the Dodgers lost. But man, I I didn't think Clayton Kershaw would be. <sighs> I I don't know, man, man. Maybe I'm starting to get soft in uh year 26 rolls around because I just feel I don't necessarily feel bad for the guy. He's a three-time Young Award winner. He went to the World Series the past two seasons. But you know, to have the have Dave Roberts have the trust to, to play him in that situation. Have him go out there after Walker Buehler pitched, all type of stuff, and for him to give up, I mean, back-to-back home runs in the eighth, and then them ultimately lose the game after being up 3-1, it's just, it's just, just annoying. I mean, I've watched enough Padres games going, man, if we could just score one more or two more runs, that'd be amazing, and I know how hard it is to put up runs, especially against the Dodgers, and for, for the Nationals to do it the way they did, I think I'm with you. I'm fully on the Nationals bandwagon and hopping on board right now before they get to the, you know, I think the World Series, who knows. But it's it's an incredible difference how the playoffs can be versus the regular season. You know, Dodgers can win 106 games and at the end of the day be out after five games. You know, five more games and their whole season's over with. They, yeah, they what I think they won 108 on the whole season and you know, just two in postseason at the end of the day. And, you know, after the Nationals played a playing game and now they're here, you know, they're they're going to the championship. Well, at least the National League Championship Series is what I'm getting at. But, man, yeah, I, I, think, I don't know. I do think you feel bad the, for the Dodgers? Um, I, I don't feel bad for the Dodgers. Like, um, Magic, Magic's rich enough. He's fine. L.A. really don't care for the city. So, I don't feel bad for the Dodgers. I mean, I grew up. A few a few streets away from Clayton Kershaw when he was in uh, high school, so I feel bad for him just because I remember seeing him play in high and when I was a little kid growing up. So I kind of feel bad for him because he's done pretty much everything you can do except for win uh, a ring, which sucks. And um, but I mean he'll still be remembered as one of the best pitchers of all time. So that's for me. It just comes down to pitching, bro, and. Like he was doing, he was he, he's great. Like the Dodgers had a good, a great pitching staff. Obviously, 
uh, one of the pitchers in my play is winning the NL Cy Young, and I'm not going to butcher his name in Rui. I'm not going to say his rest, the rest of the name and pitch it. And But I think – I honestly think the Astros are going to beat the Yankees. At least I'm praying. I'm well, just, hey, they, got, they still kind of get past the Rays tomorrow or maybe yeah. tonight. But, yeah. I, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. But I think they'll get past the Rays. Uh, so I think it's going to be the Astros, Yankees. And honestly, I think – just the way recent years have gone to where they're using pitchers. Um, I think the Astros, first of all, Astros are, bro, their pitching rotation is stupid. That's that's crazy to me how they have Grinky mm-hmm. and Verlander and, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, I forgot his name. I feel so bad, but whatever. But, um, yeah, so hopefully they, I mean, I think they beat the race today. Uh, break that tie. I mean, I'm proud of the Rays for representing the AL East and uh, doing what they can. But I think it ends today. A game actually just started. But um, I think the Yankees are definitely the team to beat just because of their bats. I really don't think it's their pitching. Uh, no offense to the the, t- the Twins, but they aren't really going to test the Yankees. And so I think it's going to be the Astros, Yankees. Um, I love the Cardinals. I have a lot of friends. Okay, let me rephrase that. I love my friends that are Cardinals fans, and I really, I'm happy for them. I really am. But I think the combination of Sir Scherzer and Strasburg now fully pitching, um, that's two games right there that they've won. Like I'm already giving two games to to the Nationals off those two days of them two pitching because they are right now probably the hottest pitchers in the playoffs. Number two. The way they're using their pitching to where they're off games, uh, if it comes down to clinching, if Scherzer starts, then like Strasburg will like pitch two innings or something like that. If Strasburg's on the starting, Scherzer will pitch like two innings. And, and Scherzer on like two, three innings, bro, that's that's two, three innings of nobody hitting, nobody scoring, period. Like unless he just hits a, a Clayton Kershaw and messes up like that, but I don't see it happening. I think the Astros, just because of – not Astros, the Nationals, just because of them winning the wild card and now winning um, the divisional, I think they're going all in to where if they need to pitch a little extra, pitch on off days just like uh, Madison Bumgarner used to and uh, what's his name? Skinny Wild Boy Tim Lincecum where you would pitch a full day today, come in like an inning or two, the next game or the game after, then you're starting the game after that, so on and so on. I think they'll do that to where they, they're trying to get this dub. And the fact that Ryan Zimmerman hit that home run, really just – they're trying to win this for him and for Washington. So um, out of the NL, so, sorry, St. Louis friends, but I am going for the Washington. I think they can do it. And then once it comes down to – if it's the, the Yankees, where I'm really about to just be on that Washington bandwagon – because I hate the Yankees so much. But if it's the Astros, I don't want the Astros to win uh, just because they've already won it like a few years ago, and I just don't want to hear it from Houston people as a Dallas guy. But if they do, I won't be mad. I will not be upset at all. Yeah, I guess I guess for me, I, as as a Padres fan, I, I'm, I'm rooting for the Nationals at this point because I want to see the National League. Or the Cardinals. I mean, I really don't necessarily. I care at the end of the day. I guess one of my coworkers versus a bunch of 
lifelong friends in Oklahoma. I'd rather the Cardinals win. I know my dad's kind of a Cardinals fan as well. But, I mean, the American League, I, I would much... Shout out to the Bra- shout out to the Rays for, for taking the Astros to five games. But I just, as a baseball fan, I want to see the Astros, who have all this pitching, all this hitting, all type of stuff, play the Yankees, who have a lot of hitting and some good pitching that's, you know, not the not the normal guys. CC Sabathius, you know, yeah. kind of, he's not the guy anymore. But it's still, I think that's such more, I don't know, I... The Rays, like, are they going to sell out games, you know, in Tampa Bay for the, you know, for the ALCS? Who knows? They, they, I think they sell out, but they're getting destroyed. Yeah, like, and and you know, like you said, it's kind of the kind of the twins thing too. Of like, I just feel as though the Rays wouldn't have a shot, and it's fun to watch an underdog, you know, play. But I, I just, I, and yeah, the selfish part of me, I want to see Astros roll all their you know, talent, and I want to see the Yankees play against each other. I would assume this is kind of how people feel about, like, the NBA or the NFL, and they don't really love one team that's in the postseason so much, and that's how I am. I just don't really love any one team that's in the postseason in baseball right now, and Padres, hey, maybe next year, knocking some wood, but right now, I just want to see, you know, of course, it's going to be Nationals, Cardinals, and, you know, I want to see the Astros play the Yankees, and then ultimately, I... I don't like the Yankees at all. I've never been a Yankees fan. I, you know, think, hey, you know what? You got 27 championships. You can wait a little bit longer to get the next one. And I'd rather see the Astros win two in a decade versus the Yankees winning more than one in a decade and uh, and go from there. Yeah. I mean, also, I don't know. I think the Astros came in and they were just like, oh, it's the Rays. Mm-hmm. And just got popped in the mouth a few times. So now it's getting, it's getting harder to get back. But I think that urgency especially with playing the Yankees. I don't think anything's going to be nonchalant. I think they're going to come in. Like you have, bro, I just want to see Zach, I just want to see Zach Greinke pitching in the ALCS. That's uh, yeah. that's been one of my pitchers of all time for a long time, ever since uh, Dodgers time, uh, Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks time. Like I want him to finally be pitching in a championship series. And uh, I want to see how that goes. I think he's going to kill it. I mean, obviously, I think Verlander is going to come out and do work. Um, so we'll see. But hopefully the Strohs win. Hopefully they beat the Yankees. Uh, I, wouldn't, I, would, like, I wouldn't be upset if the St. Louis Cardinals just, just beat the Washington, the Nationals. I really wouldn't, wouldn't care that much. But at this point, now I'm invested. So I want to see the Nationals just take it all the way. Uh, and then if they can win, the, the Nationals can go on and win the World Series. Hey, amen to that. I'll be ex- extremely excited. You know, DC deserves something, definitely. And uh, especially since the, it looks like the Mystics aren't going to be winning. It looks <laughs> like Connecticut might, Connecticut might come back and, uh, and get the dub. So we'll see. Yeah. DC deserves something. I mean, the Nationals might be the team for the next five years that wins something and, you know, has the most success because Wizards don't look great right now. Gosh, the Redskins, I don't even know if we really want to go into that too much. That I mean, the Washington football team really – it just imploded this week completely, and now every media source is covering it. But you know, and, and who knows about the You're Mystics? Um, and, you know, the Capitals, of course, won. You know, not too long ago, I think like two years, not last year, but the year before, won Stanley yeah. Cup. So it's good for them. But I think the Nationals are gonna have the most success here for a little bit out of all the Washington yeah. D.C. teams. I mean, they they've got some young players. Uh, they've got some good players that they can re-sign. 
I think they offered Rondon an uh, extension. We'll see if he accepts it after the season's over. Uh, Juan Soto's only 20 years old, so he's looking good. So I think the Nationals are going to be good for a while. Uh, but I don't know if they're ever going to get this close again. So, I mean, like, I, I could see all the season, see them getting to the divisional, but I mean, that's, that's something they weren't supposed to do is beat the Dodgers. And so you gotta, you gotta take advantage of that and you gotta keep on going. Yeah. You gotta take it home. So beat the Cardinals, beat the Astros. Uh, if the, if it's the Yankees, I'll be, I'll be crying, bro. Cause I just, those bats, that's, that scares me. Especially with only two great pitchers like Houston, I think, because they have three. Mm-hmm. Like you can sacrifice and take that that two day rest, two three day rest, and then get back to pitching again. But if you got two guys like, and you're just you can't they can't they can't be doing all that and still be healthy. So that would be scary. Yeah, I uh, I mean at the end of the day, I guess for both. Both rooting for not the Yankees, you know, anyone but oh, anyone um, but anyone but yeah. Well, well. Lastly, here you want to preview this uh, OU versus Texas game coming up this weekend a little bit. Go Sooners! That's right. You heard me say here first. Um, as of two weeks ago, I am no longer Team Texas over Team OU because of one Texas fan that decided to bring up Boone Pickens' death in a mm. joke. So fuck Texas, fuck UT. I mean, I love the state of Texas. Fuck UT. And so yeah, let's go, Boomer Sooner. Uh, the only week in my life I'll ever say that ever for the rest of my life. But uh, yeah, I think Jalen Hurts is about to come do work, especially after very lackluster performance against Kansas. Even though they won by twenty, they should have won by forty. And then uh, I don't know. I think Texas kind of got exposed against West Virginia a little bit. I think. Uh, Lincoln Riley's going to see some of that footage and try to implement some of that defensive schemes and uh, slow down Texas, you know? So, uh, yeah. Boomer sooner. Yeah. I, I got to <laughs> the, the, um, the fan in me, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Texas fan by any means. It, I, it's hard for me to root for OU ever, but when it comes to OU Texas, I guess yeah, at this point, Texas beat us and, I'm rooting for them to lose, you know, more than anything else. And, you know, it seems weird, but I, I think Jalen Hurts is just going to have a field day. I think, I don't think this game will be that close, to be honest with you. And I think, oh, you'll just walk away with it because Jalen Hurts has put up on just impressive, not just ex- extremely impressive numbers this whole season. And that KU game Last week they played. I just think they didn't wake up really, and and definitely overlooked them. Headed into the you know OU Texas week, and they came back and beat them pretty good, and it wasn't that close. Um, I, I just think I just think OU is going to really beat beat Texas, and maybe I'll die on this mound here or hill that you know Texas will actually play a close game, but Sam Ellinger and the rest of the Texas offense looks okay, but you know after LSU beat Texas. And that was at UT, you know, after putting up just a ton of points on the Texas defense. I don't see why OU can't also just have better, better guys than LSU does. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I didn't think before the season that LSU had a really good offense. And now Joe Burrow is being talked about Heisman conversations here because he's got 22 TDs and 
only three interceptions on the season. But the other guys in Heisman conversations right now is Jalen Hurts, and he looks even more impressive than Joe Burrow, and he's been lighting it up. This is the only the only hiccup I have is this is OU's first real test against a team is this Texas team, and you know they played KU, Texas Tech, Houston, you know, and some in UCLA. And I forget who the other team was, but it's not a big, it wasn't a big conference game at all. It might've been like Sam Houston. No, they, had a, they had a bye week. So yeah. they've only had, they've only had four games. Or only four. Okay. They've only had five games. Yeah. Oh, only okay. had five. Okay. Gotcha. So. Yeah. At least in my mind. Oh, he's just going to, oh, he's just going to. Oh yeah. Own, I, and it won't be I'm close. Seeing, I'm, I'm seeing that. I will be, I will be uh, betting for OU over Texas. Most definitely. So. Yeah, you know, um, and it's going to be kind of fun to be in Dallas while it's happening. So we'll see if I go out after, just depending on who wins. <laughs> make a time. Make a time. Yeah, it won't be too bad at all. Um, gosh, one of these days, even though I didn't go to either school, one of these days, it, it does seem fun to go to the, you know, go to the OU Texas game at the Texas State Fair and the whole thing in Dallas. But. One of these days, I'll, I'll uh, make it back to the Texas State Fair, and uh, we'll be good to go. All right. Yes, well, sir. Hey, Chris. Thanks so much for joining on the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. If you're still listening at this point, please go follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram, or and also go follow Kenya Chris Moretti on Kenya. Twitter um, at Twitter Kenyan is- number four. Life with a Y um, on Twitter. Yeah, I'm complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you got to make the handle unique, man. Got to have a good way to find you. So it works out. Um, But thanks so much again for listening at this point. Chris, thanks so much for joining. And we'll catch everyone soon. Yeah, bye.